Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. The Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 6 and verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen, Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. So, of course, we've technically finished our series through the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. We were looking at the Lord's Prayer line by line. But now that we've come to, to the end of the, of the series, I, I think it'll be good for us to have a look at, at a theology of prayer. And as I've said many times throughout the series, prayer is more about changing us than it is about changing circumstances or, or about changing God's mind to, to get God to do something that he otherwise wouldn't do. So, so prayer is primarily about changing us. But it's not exclusively about changing us. It's also about changing circumstances. When we pray, your kingdom come... We're praying that God's kingdom, God's rule, would become a reality here on earth just as it is in heaven. We're praying that things would change, circumstances would change. And when we pray, give us today our daily prayer, we're asking for stuff. We're asking for our basic needs. We're asking for a change in our circumstance. So prayer does change things. Prayer does change circumstances. Prayer really does change what God does, and sometimes it will even change what God can do. Now, that doesn't mean that God is powerless unless we pray. Uh, The Bible makes it clear that God is all-powerful. So it's not about God's power or God's lack of power, but it's about the kind of world God has created. The Bible says that God has significantly bound himself to the prayers of his people. That's the world God has created. So, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, when Jesus teaches us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer only makes sense if, one, God's will is not already being done on earth. And two, if our prayers actually help to bring about God's will on earth. 
In 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, it says, If my people who, call up, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. So God wants to forgive them. God wants to heal the land. But whether God gets what he wants or not, whether God's will is done, is dependent in some degree upon his people humbling themselves and praying. That's why James says in James chapter 4 and verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask God. And in James chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer really changes what happens. Prayer changes circumstances. Prayer influences God and enables God to move, and therefore, prayer is powerful and effective. But why? Why has God significantly bound himself to the prayers of his people? I mean, why do we actually have to pray for God to do stuff? Uh, uh, Surely God would just do it. I mean, in the passage we read earlier in in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8, it even says that your Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask him. So why do we have to ask him? Well, this all goes back to our theology of creation. You see, God created humanity to be co-rulers with him over the rest of creation. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God created humanity to be co-rulers with God and with angels over the rest of creation. We were created to mediate God's loving rule. So God doesn't rule directly. God rules through his image bearers, through us. And the reason God does this is not because he's powerless. It's not that he he, he needs our help, that he's unable to do it without our help. No, the reason he does this is because he wants a loving relationship with his co-rulers, with us. He, He wants us to cooperate with him. He he chooses for us to cooperate with him. And therefore, God gives us one real freedom. Freedom to choose to obey or disobey. And then secondly, God gives us real authority. 
real authority, both on a physical level and a spiritual level. When we align our wills with the will of God and we act in line with that will, or if we pray in line with that will, then God's kingdom, God's rule is established on earth. See, God's rule, God's will and God's rule is kind of like a business check that must be co-signed. You know, like a a business check needs two signatories? God's rule is like that, and he signed the check, but in order for the check to be validated, it needs to be co-signed, and we are the co-signing party, and the way we co-sign is through our prayer. That's how we co-reign with God. And, and this is the essence of prayer, as Jesus taught. It's about aligning our will with the will of the Father. And when we pray in line with that will, it makes a difference for the kingdom of God. It becomes powerful and effective. So prayer really does make a difference. It really does matter. And therefore, there's a, a real sense of urgency for why we should pray. Some people, of course, say, well, you know, what, what's the point in praying? I mean, God's going to do what God's going to do, so, so what's the point in praying? That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that prayer really does make a difference. It really does influence God. It really does make a, a difference in what God is, is able to do and can do. Of course, we need balance. We need a balanced perspective. Uh, Some people have wrongly thought that nothing hangs on prayer. God's going to do what God's going to do, so why bother? Others have wrongly thought that everything hangs on prayer and that God is simply unable to do anything unless we pray. Of course, that will just lead to guilt and anxiety or to pride. It will lead to guilt. When anything goes wrong, we'll feel so guilty. I must not have prayed enough. I I must not have prayed hard enough. Or anxiety. Oh, I hope hope nothing goes wrong. I hope I've prayed enough. Uh, I sure hope I've prayed. Just lead to an anxiety. Or or it can lead to to incredible pride, whereby we think it's the result of our personal prayers that has brought about all the good things in the world. There was once a guy who claimed that communism had ended in Russia because he took authority over it in prayer. And so we need to avoid the extremes of thinking nothing hangs on prayer or everything hangs on prayer, and we need a balanced perspective. And it's pretty much what happens in the physical realm. You know, when... When we align our will to the will of the Father and and we act in line with that, it always makes a difference for the kingdom of God. So so when we uh, start feeding the hungry or or we start giving stuff to the poor, it it, it will make a positive difference. But it may not lead to the end of poverty because there are so many other variables at play. Does that mean we shouldn't do it? Of course not. Does that mean it hasn't made a difference? Of course not. And it's the same with prayer. On on, on a spiritual level, when we pray, it will make a difference for the kingdom of God. It may not lead to the end of poverty because there are, are so many other variables at play 
but it does make a difference. Why does God not always answer our prayers? If it always makes a difference, why does God not always? You know, sometimes God answers our prayers and then other times he doesn't seem to. And, and, and it seems so arbitrary to us between the times when God does and he doesn't. I mean, he, he answered my prayer for my migraine headache, but he didn't answer my prayer when I prayed for someone suffering with cancer. And, and it seems so arbitrary to us. And so we have to confess there's a, there's a lot of ambiguity and there's a lot of mystery that surrounds prayer. Some people refer to this as the mysterious will of God. That there must be some divine reason why God has willed this that we can't comprehend. And of course, there is an element of truth in that. But I think it is a bit of an oversimplification, and it can lead to big pastoral problems and questions. Like, like what possibly could the reason be for God willing my child to die? And, and, and was that to teach me some lesson? And if so, what is that lesson? And so it can lead to a lot of pastoral problems. Sometimes God doesn't answer the prayers the way we would like simply because, well, not simply, but, but because there is a multitude of other variables at play that we simply can't comprehend. Our prayer is, is intersecting with, with so many other variables that, that, that we can't comprehend, and therefore it's a mystery. What are these other variables? Well, three big headings or categories. One, there are complexities with creation, two, the complexities with free will, and then three, the complexities within prayer itself. There, there are a whole lot of variables and dynamics happening within prayer itself. Now, we don't have time this morning to look at all three, so we'll look at the first two, and then next week we will look at the, the complexities within prayer and, and the variables within prayer. So firstly, the complexities within creation. God has created a world that is governed by physical laws, by the laws of nature. We need these laws for, for stability, and we need these laws for life. Without these laws, there would be no life. So we have the, the law of gravity. Without gravity, we wouldn't be able to have life. Of course, God could suspend some of the laws of nature from time to time in order to intervene. But he simply couldn't do that every time anyone was about to get hurt without compromising the stability of the universe in, 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 with, with drastic consequences, catastrophic consequences. I remember watching the film, you might have watched it, Bruce Almighty. It's a great film. In this film, this guy, Bruce, gets to be God for a couple of days. And actually, this film illustrates quite a good theology of prayer. Uh, and at one point in, in the film, Bruce decides to bring the moon in closer to create a nice romantic mood for, for him and his girlfriend. And it's all very romantic. 
Until the next day when he discovers the results, when he's watching the, the, the news. The next morning he discovers that half of Japan is being flooded by a tsunami because of strange lunar activity. Our world, creation, is intimately connected with a whole lot of intricate, complex elements. And if you just tweak one element here, it can cause catastrophic results somewhere else. So God can suspend the laws of nature and intervene at any time, but he can't do this all the time or even most of the time without having catastrophic consequences. Silly example, I mean, if, if uh, God was to suspend the law of gravity because you were about to fall, it'll help you, you know, not having a hard fall, but it's going to cause catastrophic chaos across the rest of the planet where all of a sudden there's no gravity. I mean, it'll cause mass destruction. There's a whole complexity within creation that we simply know nothing about. God does, but we don't. And so we don't know how our prayer at, at any point, how these variables, uh, all these variables of the complexities of creation are intersecting with our prayer at any given point. And we also don't know how much God can override the stability of the world without compromising it. We simply don't know that. God does, but we don't. And so life and answers to prayer to us seem arbitrary and, and it's a mystery. And then secondly, there are the complex, complexities of free will. God has chosen to create a world that's not only governed by natural laws, but, but he's chosen a world where he's given agents free will. Humans... And angels and fallen angels, demons, have free will. Now, that doesn't mean we're completely free, but it does mean we have the freedom to choose to obey or disobey. And when we choose to disobey, there are consequences. If God was to intervene every time we chose to disobey God, we wouldn't have free will. If God chose to intervene every time to prevent any negative consequence coming from our choice to, to disobey God, then again, we don't really have a real choice. We don't have free will. So if I chose to punch someone every time I was about to punch them, just before I made contact, God intervened and stopped me because someone had prayed for protection, I don't have free will anymore. In order for agents to have free will, God has to allow us to choose to disobey him and has to allow and, and tolerate the consequences. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that God can't limit the consequences. God can limit the consequences, but ultimately he has to allow the consequences. And it doesn't mean that God can never stop an agent from, from doing a particular action, but it does mean that he can't always do that, can't always stop them, and, he, and even he can't stop them most of the time, because if he does that, then the agent doesn't have free will anymore. And nor does this mean that God can't influence an agent. 
God influences us all the time. And as a result of prayer, he'll, he'll influence us even more, but he'll never coerce us. There's a big difference between influencing and coercing, forcing someone to do something. And so when we pray, God will influence people, but he's never going to coerce them. Sometimes our prayers are not answered the way we like for a whole lot of complex reasons that we simply know nothing about. Why does God not stop a terrorist from killing a whole lot of people? People were praying for protection. Well, I'm sure God was, as a result of their prayers, he was influencing that person to not go ahead with this. I'm sure God was trying to influence other people to stop him from doing this. I'm sure God was trying to influence other people who were going to the venue not to go to the venue, to to stay away. But God is never going to coerce anyone. There's free will. With free will comes consequences. And so our prayers are intersecting with a whole lot of other variables. And this is not even to mention uh, the, the, the free will of spiritual beings who often oppose the will of God. We will look at that more next week. So sometimes our prayers are not answered in the way we like for a whole lot of complex reasons that we simply know nothing about. We don't know um, if God was to suspend the, the laws of, of, of nature in a particular incident, what, what the... The knock-on effect and, the, and how this is, what the consequences of that are going to be because nature is so intimately interconnected and it's just beyond our grasp. This is something that the, the essence of what jo, uh, God says to Job in Job chapter 38. We just don't understand how God's controlling all these variables. And we don't know how our prayer is intersecting with the free will of a multiple of other humans. And we don't know how our prayer is intersecting with the, the free will of a, a multiple of other spiritual beings who have free will and sometimes oppose the will of God. And we, we know next to nothing about them. There are just so many variables at play. And so prayer and life seems like a mystery to us. It doesn't make sense to us. But if we could know everything that God knows, it would make perfect sense to us. If we could know everything that God knows, and if we prayed in line with that knowledge, then our prayers would always be answered exactly as we prayed. But we simply can't know that. But we can trust that God does. And the Bible says to us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. We can know that God is still in control, that that God is working through all these very complex variables. He's working through them all, and he's working out his good purposes. 
we can trust that God is still in control. And so there's a real mystery to prayer. We simply don't know why God does or doesn't intervene in any particular occasion when we pray. We simply can't know that. But hopefully, by understanding all these other variables that are at play, we, we, can, we can understand why sometimes God isn't able to intervene whenever he wants. Because that, that, but of course, that doesn't help us at all. It doesn't help us to understand in any way why in this particular event, God hasn't answered our prayer in the way we want We don't know why. But what we do know is that our prayers do make a difference. Even when our prayer isn't answered exactly the way we want, our prayers still do make a difference because we are co-rulers with God. Even when, when we pray for someone for healing and they don't get healed the way we would like, our prayer still makes a difference. They will, they will experience a greater peace of God, that peace that transcends understanding. They will experience a greater sense of God's love surrounding them, comforting them, and strengthening them. Our prayers always make a difference. And we also know that we can trust God. We can trust God. He's our heavenly Father. That's why the Lord prayer starts, Heavenly Father. He's our heavenly Father, our Abba Father who loves us dearly. And even when, when God doesn't answer our prayer the way we would like, even when God hasn't intervened, we need to remember God didn't have to intervene. But he did in Jesus. In Jesus, God intervened for you. And he died for you because he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. And he promises you a hope and a future. Therefore, we can trust God. We can trust God with our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we marvel at how awesome and how great you are. That, that you would want to create a world that has free agents. That you would want to create a world where we get to be co-rulers with you simply because you love us. And Father, when we look and reflect on the world and, and everything else and all the variables, it, it kind of looks like a, well, it looks arbitrary. It looks like a, a, you know, chaos. It looks like a mystery. And yet through it all, you're still in control, working and steering and ultimately getting things to where you want. And so, Father, we trust you. Help us to know you as our Abba Father. Help us to trust you even when things don't make sense. 
And Father, pray, we pray that you would stir a real fever within us, a real passion within us for prayer, that we would realize the, that the position we have as co-rulers and that our prayers do make a difference just as our actions do make a difference and that we would become people of prayer and people of action. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.